Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Pav. And I'm Neil. And welcome to the Top 10 of Anything podcast. Let's start the countdown! Ah, the 70s. Flared trousers, beige everywhere, choppers and grifters, spangles and everything else. It was a decade that saw the prominence of singer-songwriters, the rise and fall of glam rock and the birth of disco, punk and new wave. Here's someone who's still wearing his flares to this very day. It's Neil with 10 70s Music Facts. Thank you very much, Pab. So, Smoke on the Water is one of the most covered songs in guitar riffs. But did you know it was ripped off from a jazz tune? Girls, girls, girls. <laughs> Donald Trump used the song Macho Man to ramp up his rallies until the village people pulled permission in solidarity with Black Lives Matter. That was that was apt, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Rich Girl, the hit song by Hall & Oates, was originally about a fast food hare who was a, uh, who was a dude, but they later changed it to be a dumb, rich lady. Do you remember? Let's just make sure my teeth are in for this yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> London Calling, The Clash, is about environmental change. The song is about ecological change, including a recent flood that had happened in the Thames. Heroes is one of David Bowie's most famous hits, up there with Ziggy Stardust. The song, though, despite the title and the chorus, is about infidelity. Stuck in the middle with you is a parody. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right, here I am. Just a parody of Bob Dylan and his constant usage of diversively calling everybody jokers and clowns. Both Lola and Walk on the Wild Side are about Andy Warhol's trans muse Candy Darling and how hot she was. Suicide is Painless is the hit song from MASH, but it was written by director Robert Altman's 14-year-old son. And the biggest selling song of the 70s in the UK was Wings, Mulligan Tire, selling over 2 million copies. Jolene, 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 Jolene. 
And finally, the biggest selling song in the USA in the 70s was How Deep Is Your Love by the Bee Gees, selling nearly 2 million copies. Well done, Neil. Oh, dear. That was, a, that was a journey, just going through all those clips. Journey. That was a good 70s That band. was another good 70s <laughs> as well, wasn't it? Well, we are here. We are here to celebrate the decade that had everything, ladies and gentlemen, mm. the 1970s. Um, we have one of our precious, beautiful, wonderful Patreon uh, supporters. Lisa is with us tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, oh. hello, Lisa. We made it. You finally made it. I mean, she couldn't sleep last night. She told us, she told us that that just the thought of spending time with us was just too scary for her to 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 get any shut eye last night. And now how are you, Lisa? And uh, yeah, how how is the US of A this fine day? Uh, US of A, we're just about to go into heat wave. I live um, in Southern California, um, not as close to the beach as um, our friend Rachel. I but, know that um, was close, wasn't it? But I do live within a mile, and so I still get a little bit of the ocean breeze. But we have a high heat warning for the next five days. So uh, wow! So so we've just had a heat wave. When you say like your heat wave, what sort of temperatures are we talking about? Well, it uh, probably where I am, it's going to be in the 90s. Right. Um, it'll be well into the 100, uh, 110, maybe up in the Inland Valley. And wow. the desert will be about 114, 115. Nice. Far too hot for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd melt. But it's weird. It's dry heat. That's what uh, <laughs> I'm not good with heat. I'm really not. No, yeah. but no, nobody in this country is because we don't have air conditioning, do we? That's the difference, I think. It's like every house mm. in America pretty much has air conditioning, I think, doesn't they, Lisa? Well, um, actually, where I live, I live uh, just outside of Newport Beach, and most houses here do not have air conditioning. Oh, wow. Mm. And maybe new builds, but, like, I don't have air conditioning because we typically have a good breeze coming in off of the ocean that keeps us, you know, our temperatures lower. But yeah, it's not too often I get to a house in my neighborhood that has AC, only new builds. Right, right. So, so are you, how how are you with hot weather then? You are you obviously used to it, I, I would assume. Well, uh, to me, I was born in Hawaii. Let's start there, and so yes, it's it's in my blood. I uh, absolutely prefer warm and hot weather over cold anytime. Right, right. So you don't come to the UK very often then, obviously. <laughs> no, you know, I've only been once. And I will tell you, first of all, um, I was there when you were awarded the bid, the Olympic bid. So uh, Trafalgar Square was packed. I bet. Yeah. Um, but the next morning was the bombing on the tube. Uh, yeah. And right. so I was there for that too. I went from this where you couldn't walk because there were so many people celebrating to where you could throw rocks and not hit anybody on the road for, you know, a good part of the day that I was wow. there. Yeah, that was, uh, it was quite, um, you know, it was quite interesting to be there because that was after our uh, 9-11. Mm. So I went up to a gentleman at the bar and told him how sorry I was that it had happened. And he said, oh, we're used to it. <laughs> and, and I thought, oh my God, really? And he said, yeah. He said, you know, I had a friend that didn't show up to work today. We just believe that he's probably out playing golf somewhere. Oh, so, God. Yeah. So that was a very interesting experience. But I loved mm. it. Good, loved good. It. Good. 
Well, you know that if you ever make it again, we'll have to have a Patreon meetup. It's just, I think it's the law. We have the law now that if, you know, any of our American friends come over, we have to have a, a Patreon meetup. So just let us know. I will, for sure. And we'll try and make it nice and sunny for you as well. I don't know how we're going to do that. That's a ridiculous <laughs> thing to say. Just bring a picture, if not. <laughs> yeah, we'll just bring a picture. Yeah. yeah. Um, and before we carry on, uh, we have to say hello to a new Patreon subscriber. So hello to John Collins. He's actually an old friend of ours. Neil, mm. isn't he? Yeah, thank so, you very much, John. Hello, John. We will have him on as a guest uh, sometime in the future. We're not sure exactly when, but thank you very much, John, for your support uh, and look forward to your badge coming through the post. Did you get your badge, Lisa? <laughs> you did. Oh, excellent. That's all right. I'm going to say that. And then Lisa's going, oh, I never got my bloody badge. What's, what's, no, 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 that's right. You did. That's fine. It's here. That's fine. It's on my desk. As long as you've got it, that's all that matters. Yeah. That's all that matters. Right. The matters in hand. Uh, the seventies, Lisa. Is that is that is that your decade that you love more than anything else when it comes to music? So I think the seventies were formative for me, right? Because I was really I was born. I'm older than you guys. I was born in sixty three, so I was still kind of a, a toddler at the beginning of the seventies. My parents listening to Engelbert Humperdinck, so that was one of my influences. Um, in high school, uh, I don't want you to get too excited. I went to an all-girls private school. Uh, Where's my bell? Where's my bell? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I wore a uniform. And um, so while there, <laughs> uh, the girls in the dorm were listening to Queen. Um, and so it really took a while for me to develop my own tastes. And I'll be honest, it probably wasn't until the late 70s, early 80s. Uh, I'm really drawn to punk and ska is probably my favorite genre. Oh, right. And so, um, you know, not a whole lot of that uh, in the 70s for me. It wasn't mm. until late 70s. But yeah, you know, it was such a memory trip for me. This was really difficult. I know it was supposed to be. But um, I mean, every time I heard a song, I wrote it down. Because yeah. you were kind enough to give me a month to try and figure out if I could do this. <laughs> it was difficult, though, I bet, still. It's really hard, really mm. hard. And uh, my son said, oh, you have to pick some obscure songs, you know? And I said, no, i got to pick songs that I know the words to and that I sing and that make me happy. And so that's what I did. Yeah, I was, uh, I was on my... Um my walk this morning I was doing my Facebook live and a couple of people mentioned songs that made me have to change my top 10 because I completely forgot about these songs but it I don't know about you Neil I find the seventy this one really hard well like a lot mm. of the top 10s are really hard just which songs you put in your top 10 again next week I'd probably pick a completely different top 10 exactly there'd be there'd be a few that I would probably leave in there but I know for sure that I have missed something you, you guys will probably mention something and I'll be oh damn yeah yeah <laughs> see how but, polite I was then Lisa see yes, yeah it was yeah. very very nice. <laughs> yeah but again we've also got this as we've had with um our American friends on the music episodes that there is a, definitely a thing where you will hear some music that we'll talk about this this evening that you've probably never heard of, and vice versa. We'll get you'll tell us songs that we think nope, never heard that. That needs to go on our list of things to listen to. So it's going to be interesting just where those changes are. Where I was looking through my my top ten, and I've I've got a lot of American influenced stuff on my in my top ten. So I think it's mm. it's it, it's one of those decades where there were so many different types of music you That's know it's 
That's exactly it, that, that there were so many different types. I mean, you went from blues to country to, you know, um, soul. Uh, to, disco. You know, yeah, disco. Yeah. And, and it's just yeah. crazy. And so at first I'm like, well, let's concentrate on one genre. Maybe that's where we go. And I just couldn't. No. Just couldn't. So, but it no, was fun. No. It was really fun. Good. Well, Lisa, kick us off with your number 10, please. Okay, so number 10 is exactly what you just said. I had my list out and heard this song on my walk this morning and went, oh, shit, I got to add that to my list. <laughs> so I kicked somebody off and I put The Clash, Train in Vain. Oh, okay. Okay. I love The Clash, so I'm with you. Um, great, great song. What more can be said? I love you know, that song. I- <laughs> you know just the minute it starts playing you're just you're in it you're in the moment mm. so um and i love all their music but this this song today played and i'm like oh god it just brings back all these great memories so yeah underappreciated now i think the clash are i think you're right um i, I really do feel like i speak to my son and his generation my son being into music knows i mean he didn't have a choice because he listened to them growing up because i would be playing them but a lot of his, his friends don't even know who they are, The Clash. Yeah, yeah. Which is sad, because they were it, huge at one time, were. absolutely massive. Yeah. Now, the weird thing is, I, I can hear this in the background. This doesn't sound to me... I only know The Clash songs that everybody knows. Mm. So that's like London's calling, should I stay or should I go? This doesn't sound to me like The Clash. This sounds quite funky Well, it is, because they had a huge reggae influence. In yeah. the clash. Really? I'm going to have yeah. to listen to this song properly because that sounds really good. And I'm it's not a, a massive... <laughs> but I, I would say I only rec- know... The yeah, I, is like I'd highly recommend... It would be on the greatest hits and I would go and listen to the greatest hits. You can skip the ones you know and get yourself um, involved and and see. I think you might like The Clash, actually. That might be yeah. one that we found that you might like because, of, like I said, they had this reggae influence that they took on board. They got slated for it. But it shows in the music how good it was. So is that is that like early Clash or late Clash or mid Clash? Oh, it's all right. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> had to be. Didn't it? <laughs> had to be. Okay, then. All right. That's. I mean, there you go. Then straight away, song I've never heard of before in my life. So thank you very much for that one, Lisa. Uh, Gone then, Neil. You're number ten. So you probably never heard of this. Lisa may have. It's the Dead Kennedys, and of it's course. California Uber Alice. <laughs> I love this song. It's probably one of their most mainstream songs along with Holiday in Cambodia. But the whole album, I was in, I was given the vinyl probably far too young and I loved it, um, which was f- Fresh Fruit for Rotten Vegetables, which I think is one of the best punk albums out there. Now, I'm a sucker for a bit of punk. I enjoy it. I love it. I love the anarchy of it all. I really do. I just wish I had the balls to be as anarchist as the rest of them. But I'll just listen to the music. <laughs> okay, so I'm not sure I recognize the title, but I know the Dead Kennedys for sure. Mm. So, uh, uh, can you hear it? Yes, we can. Yeah, I'll, I'll try and play them as we as we're yeah, talking. Yeah, yeah. Um, right, so you I might got, have heard it. The question I have to ask Neil is: Are you saying that just to make yourself look cool? No, no, I love the Dead Kennedys. I went to went years ago. Went to try and see the Dead Kennedys. Went to see them. But unfortunately, the lead singer, Joey, decided it wasn't going to be a night of music. It was just him reciting poetry. Oh. 
Okay. It wasn't my bag, baby. (laughs) An Andy Kaufman type of movie. Yeah, and I was like, oh, I wasn't expecting this. I was hoping we were going to get some of the hits and there was no music at all. So... So what are the hits? Tell me the hits. Well, the, the, that's the, t- the two main ones, and that's why I chose that one. But uh, they did release, and I spoke about it, I put it as a joke, as my number one saddest songs was too drunk to... That's right. And well, that was actually... say it, Neil, it's fine. You go on, you I can do say it. it. Okay, too drunk to fuck. That's... Um, oh, my God. I'm sorry, shocked, Lisa. Neil. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. I'm sorry that Neil said that i mean i'm really sorry <laughs> i'm so disappointed lisa i apologize <laughs> my, my virgin ears oh, bless you. yeah um the, well that was released as a single okay but obviously didn't get a lot of airplay yeah. for obvious reasons but they're not one for singles it's the albums and like i said i still think the pinnacle album of theirs is fresh fruit for rotten vegetables get on it if you enjoy a bit of punk right okay Okay. Um, oh, go on, Lisa, you were going to say? No, I was just going to say, in the late 70s, early 80s, we had a pretty good punk scene here, you know, mm. with a lot of, like, TSOL and, and, you know, some of the bands you've mentioned and PIL and all of these, and we had local clubs that would let you in 18 and under, you know, as long as you uh, didn't drink. But, yeah, we, I got a chance to see some of these, you know, when they're just kind of getting their, their footing in the United States. Mm. And it was... It was a great scene. It was yeah. so fun. Well, you spoke about PIL or Pill, whichever way you want to say it. Um, it's they. I went to see them in back in June this year. Still oh. going strong. Love yes. it. Yeah, um, love it. They played. They played at Cruel World uh, back in March, which was a huge music festival out here. First year, and mm. um, it was great. They were great. They they are. I love John Lydon. I think yeah. he's a legend. I really do. So, you know, with these music ones, I'm getting a bit of a reputation here of being a complete straight, you know, com- being a complete boring curmudgeon when it comes to these music. No. Because we've already had, like, two what are obviously cool and fashionable bands in The Clash and The Dead Kennedys. So my number 10... <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to be, Pav, and I'd fight anybody that says to you there is. I know. I, it's it's Keith Harrison Orville. Uh, no, Lisa's not going to know what that means, but so... <laughs> uh, but it, it wasn't originally my number 10, but because of Karen, who I spoke to, who spoke to on my Facebook Live this morning, mentioned this song. It's Sugar Baby Love by the Rubettes. Oh, yeah. Now, I don't know. Do, do you know this song, Lisa? I don't. I maybe would recognise it if I heard it, but I don't know. Okay, if I'm gonna I, I'm gonna play it now. Now I can remember hearing this back in the seventies, and I thought that this was a band that was like um, the Temptations or the Four Tops. I thought it was like a, like four black guys in crushed velvet suits with big <laughs> afros, and then when you see a picture of them, they are just like five white guys with these really bad suits on matching caps uh, that would work in a holiday camp. That they, 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 That's what they look like. But it's an amazing song. And the guy that they're still around today, I think it's just the lead singer. He's got an amazing voice. But it's just a great, great song. But it's, see, this is the thing. It's like, I don't think it's a very cool song. Um, especially compared to like the Clash or the Dead Kennedys, it's very. I feel it's very vanilla. But that will be what my top ten is going to be. I think you know. But but I, I, one thing I'm not apologetic about is I'm not really fans of acts. If you like, I like if it's a good song. I like you know if 
Eminem did a really good song. I would love that song, but I'm not a massive rap fan. So I love good songs as opposed to people and acts and singers and stuff like that. But mm. I would say the perfect way to enjoy music, pal. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. in all honesty, I think we're going to find the rest of my, most of my list is pretty vanilla. Okay. Um, yeah, because, <laughs> yeah. It's what invokes joy. That's what my well, thing is. You know? I think you're absolutely. I think that's that's the thing, isn't it, with music? And I think it was, for me, as long as it's got a great melody and maybe even good, just makes you feel something. It doesn't necessarily have to be good or bad. It just needs to make you feel something. Mm. So there you go. That's my number ten. Lisa, what's your number nine, please? So uh, my number nine is Fleetwood Mac. Go your own way. Oh, what a great song! What a great song. What made Love you choose that. that one? I mean, the whole of the Rumours album is probably every song's a, a, a hit. What made you choose that one in particular? Well, of course, you know, um, uh, Spencer used to call it Daddy's Song, the one, uh, The Hill, where she goes up the hill and looks in the mirror. <laughs> What's the name of that song? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. It goes up the hill and looks in the mirror. <laughs> she, goes, she climbs a mountain, turns around, looks at the mirror. Oh, well, we'll remember it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but you know, I did listen to a couple songs off that album that I love, and this one just resonated the most. This one is, you know, one that gets me moving, and just like you know, uh, you pop with that last song. The minute I hear it, I just smile. As a matter of fact, I created a pot, uh, a pot, a playlist of these songs that I wanted to put in my top ten, just to see if they really, you know, so when I go walking and listen to them, do they really make me happy, or am I just picking them because they were trendy? Mm. So that's probably the reasoning behind that. Yeah, I I, I very nearly had, had this in my top ten. This was definitely in my list of, of what like, the first list that I made that mm. I then made into a top ten. I've actually only listened to rumors for the first time about three or four months ago i think because neil said you've got to listen yeah i know i know <laughs> Lisa. Honestly, i'm a lazy I'm listener fainted. there are so many for somebody like me that says that i'm like a you know pop culture nerd the amount of classic albums i've never listened to and the amount of classic movies i've never watched it's it's criminal it really is and books um, you haven't read well, I don't read books anyway. No, I, I have to pictures. read to him, Lisa. I go around yeah. one at night and sit by the side of the bed and have to read. Yeah, yeah, just to get me to sleep. Isn't that right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We've just finished the famous five. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait for Harry Potter. That's the one that I'm looking it's forward coming. to. When you, yeah. when you learn to not be scared of the dark, we'll read that one. <laughs> But yeah, we've said before many times, I mean, Fleetwood Mac, Fleetwood Mac have been mentioned on various different mm. um, top tens that we've done that I've got, I think that Lindsay Buckingham is just an absolute genius. He is uh, a genius. When you see him playing live, just any of the songs, he just makes it look so easy, but yeah. um, I, hard at the same time. I haven't seen them live, but I will tell you that my son has a way of getting into concerts and things without paying this isn't going to go you know, all over the world so we're not going to be able to track them down but so uh he told me one time he was going to go try and get into Fleetwood Mac that was playing up in LA and I said people are paying six seven eight hundred dollars for nosebleed seats Spencer you know you just better be really careful and you don't so he posed as a reporter with a few friends brought a friend with a, a little camera and somebody would they made some fake badges 
and they got all the way up and he called me up and he's, I said, if you go to jail, don't call me. <laughs> he called and I said, what are you doing? He said, well, we just got arrested. And I said, you did? And he said, no, mom, I'm in the pit right now and have just been invited to go backstage to take photos. Oh, fantastic. Wow. I mean, I did have the joy of seeing them myself. So how lucky was he? That is amazing. That is amazing. And and although you said, you know, you obviously can't get done for it now. I'm assuming that statute of limitations is over. But I've also got I've also got the promo clip for this episode now. So everybody's going to see that story. <laughs> so if the if the police do come knocking or, if, uh, you know, Mick Fleetwood comes asking for a 600 quid he might, or $600, he might come and knock on your door. But never mind. Uh, what a great story. Uh, OK, then, Neil, you're number nine. So this is an album that I found in my mum and dad's record collection growing up in the 70s and it's by The Who and it was Quadrophenia the album and one song has stuck with me and resonated like we say forever and it's always been on my playlist and everything it's Love Rain Over Me Um, I think I've heard other people cover it but nobody does it like The Who I think Roger Daltrey's voice has never sounded better I think it's a beautiful beautiful song um, 1973. This was released. So I was only a year old, so I didn't, yeah, I didn't get to uh, hear it then. But I absolutely devoured that album, and hence became a fan of the Who, not the early Who. Talking yeah. probably the later stuff. Um, and this song, like I say, just I think it's beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Um, and Pearl Jam do actually a, a very good cover of it. I'll give them a shout out. I do like oh, their okay. version of it. Yeah. But yes, so I don't know whether you guys know it. If you've seen Quadrophenia, you'd probably know it. It's the bit at the end of the movie. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know what else to say about it. Just that it's, I think it's a beautiful song and it's on my playlist at home and it's listened to a lot. In fact, I should have moved it up from number nine to higher, really, <laughs> the more I think about it. But hey, you know, it's there. I tell you, this list is going to keep changing, isn't it? It is. It is. It is. Well, that, that was one of the movies that was like a rite of passage. Mm. You're sort of the age where it, like, you were a little bit too young, but if a mate of yours had seen Quadrophenia, you were like, oh my God, he's really grown up that he's seen Quadrophenia. Because yeah. you, you knew that there was there was swearing in it. There was sex in it. They were talking about things that you didn't quite understand, you know, mm. contraception and and egg sandwiches and also all kinds of things going on. And I can always remember that, like, it was that thing. Have you seen? I saw. I saw Quadrophenia last night. Oh my god! What, what was it like? Well, oh yeah, it's mm. really good. They they're effing and blinding all the way through it. It's always oh, it great. <laughs> And it was almost like a video nasty because it was like it was. a bit scared to watch it. Pass from time. pillar to post, didn't yeah. everybody? And then when you did get to watch it on TV, for years I I, I recorded it off of TV and didn't realise that I had a, a very edited version. Oh, did you? When I finally saw it, I'm thinking, well, where did this scene with them both sat in the bar side by side <laughs> right. come from? I didn't see this before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Are you a Who fan, Pav? No. Uh, I'm not I Lisa. I'm I am relatively, you know, I'm not, mm. not I I do like the who the who. Um I don't can't think of any of the songs right now though. <laughs> uh, Babber O'Reilly, but that wasn't a 70s yeah. song, otherwise I might have put that on there and um obviously all the themes to uh CSI. <laughs> <laughs> um. That's what somebody said to me the other week, and I'm like, what? 
We don't say that. They were written well before CSI. They're not themed. But I think they're a great band. And they're another band that you ought to have a little delve into, Pav. I think there might yeah. be some tracks on there that yeah. you might like. I just haven't got the time. <laughs> I just haven't got the time. When I don't you're know. doing your walks, put your head well, or at work, put your headphones on and have a couple of listens. But... Maybe, maybe. Every time you've said that, though, Neil, it's always ended up bad, hasn't it? With like Radiohead and just listen to well, Pearl Jam and Pink Floyd. I'm just I'm wasting my time. <laughs> anyway, anyway, right. My number nine um, is Children of the Revolution by T Rex. I could have picked. I, I've I've started to sort of. This is a group I have started to sort of get into. Is T Rex because I watched a. I think YouTube had a had a video of Mark Bowen and T Rex live at Wembley, and mm. I just sort of got drawn into it a little bit. I think because he's one of those guys that died so young, mm. you don't really know that. I don't know that much about him. Do you know what I mean? He's sort of a bit of an enigma. You don't really know who he was and what he did. But or, or what his potential was going to be. Exactly. Exactly. He's, he's one of those, well, like a lot of these people that died when they were very young, you don't know whether or not they would have become an embarrassment or would have become, like, gone stratospheric, you know, and would become, I mean, they are legends because I suppose they died so young, but mm. um, you always get the feeling that people like Prince and people like that got their sort of ideas a little bit from mark bolan and the way that he performed and the way that he looked and he was a very good looking guy very good looking you know and but such a talented guy as well like a multi-instrumentalist that is like a fantastic songwriter and uh, i don't think he really took himself too seriously but some of his music is just fantastic so i had to put that one on there and it's a great song to sing as well it is is he part of the 27 club was he Uh, one of the ones good question i'm not sure We'd have to we'd have to check that out. We'd have to check yeah. I'll have a little check later on. Uh, so yeah, so that was my number nine. Uh, Lisa, your number eight, please. Okay, from 1972, Carly Simon, You're So Vain. Oh, great tune. Yeah, great and I tune. and I'll tell you, I went back and forth. Um, you know, there's there's I don't know I don't know how to say it. I'm not going to use the word iconic, but I'm I'm going to say that you know she definitely. I don't, I'm, I don't know how to say this properly, but her music, the words of this song in particular, you know, caused me to daydream, caused me to think of things, caused me to, you know, really, you know, do I want that? Do I, you know, do I want someone that whisks me away? And so when um, I read the story about this song, you know, she had written it evidently about some one of her lovers. And it was rumored that it was Warren Beatty. Yeah. And so when you go back and listen to it with Warren Beatty in mind, you're like, God, what a dog he was, right? (laughs) (laughs) So, um, and I think, I don't know how that is in relation to when she was married to James Taylor. Um, But, you know, I always think of those, wait, was she married to James Taylor? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. um, I think of those two and I think, God, is there a chance any of this is about him? And so it really gets your imagination going. Mm. Um, I know that somebody purchased the rights to know who she wrote that song about. They wanted it at a charity auction. Um, It was Ebersol, the NBC Sports guy, the guy that owned NBC Sports at the time. And she revealed to him who she wrote the song about. 
and he's mm -hmm. not allowed to ever reveal it to anybody else. He he and some of her close friends are the only one that know. Do you know how much mm -hmm. he paid paid for that privilege? No, but I'd be happy to find out. That, yeah, I paid a pretty penny for that. Wow. But yeah, I, I I'd heard that the urban legend was that it was about Warren Beatty. Yeah. yeah, but then because um, Mick Jagger's sings on the song, doesn't he? Oh, does um, he? Yeah, he's doing the backing. Oh, yes. He's doing the backing vocals. Um, if you hear like the, there is a, a male vocalist doing it, and it's, it's definitely Mick Jagger. I always thought originally that it was about Mick Jagger, but the link was that he was singing on the tune, right. and it was about Warren Beatty. But wow, I wonder. Great song. It, it's great. It reminds me of um, when I was really young and first heard it. My brother's called Wayne, and I used to keep singing when it came on, You're So Wayne. <laughs> 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 and I'm still thinking that now. I'm sure you appreciated it. Um, <laughs> you know, that kind of artist, though, Carly Simon, James Taylor, all the people, even Stevie Nicks, and they had such a free, mm. you know, free love. I guess that's the best way, you know, kind of a hippie approach to everything. And, and you know, the the use of drugs and things like that. I mean, it was just all out there yeah, and, um, and accessible, I guess is one way to put it. And so um, it's so interesting to see them now as adults, <laughs> grown ups. But then also um, you, they didn't have things like TikTok and Instagram or, or phones in their faces from fans where every second of their lives is under a microscope, under scrutiny. They could get away with acting like rock stars and not really paying a price for it if you like like you say i suppose they were making it up as they went along it was, wasn't yeah. hadn't been done before mm -hmm. kind of thing but yeah. great tune uh go on then neil you're number eight so my first ever crush i still love it to pieces now still love her music blondie heart of glass oh. yeah um i just i love this track i love a lot of their music it was quite hard to choose one so i looked on the good old playlist and see saw which one i played the most and it came over as this one surprisingly but what's to say very catchy songs very oh i fancied the pants off of debbie harry when i was young <laughs> she was the first poster on my wall um yeah i just love this song i love i love their music blondie and again, they sort of had a bit of a resurgence again recently, haven't they? They went mm. out on tour this year and everything. It's a band I would like to go and see uh, live. I've been told they're very, very good. So uh, are you a fan? Both a fan of Blondie? Oh, I am. I actually saw her. She performed. Uh, she was uh, not quite headliner. Morrissey was the headliner, but she was the uh, second to last act at Cool World. Okay. And um, I... Bauhaus was playing just before her and I said no I'm not going to see Bauhaus I'm going to stay at this stage and be close up to see her and I thought she was amazing I thought yeah. everything that I remembered her as I mean granted she's in her 70s now mm. but everything that you saw on that poster in your bedroom I mean she evoked that when I was looking at her on the stage even in her 70s yeah absolutely there's yeah. not many ladies that can do that nowadays, but yeah. Stevie Nicks is another, I think, still evokes beauty. Yes. Um, yeah. Um, but yes, what a great song. And Good quite, because they sort of came up and out from the punk scene, didn't they, really? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, the punk and new wave scene. That was that was on my top 10 and it got moved it? off. Yeah, yeah. Because it, <laughs> it was between that or hanging, hanging on the telephone is the yeah. other one I really love. 
And Tide is High is another great song as well. They but just I, isn't really... the Tide is High? I think it's 1980. I think, I think it is roughly. 80. I think yeah, it, it, was, it wouldn't have been allowed. But I do. Yeah, I, I like Blondie as well. I must admit. Yeah, great, yeah. great tracks. Great tracks. Great track. Right. Let's let's get really, really saccharine sweet, and let's have a love song, shall we? Um, I don't know how many times we've mentioned Starsky and Hutch on the podcasts. <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> Every well, podcast it, you guys do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But this, I think, if I'm not mistaken, was the very first single I ever bought. Um, and David Soul was a massive, massive star, mm. um, not just on the TV, but as a, as a song, like singer-songwriter in the 70s. And this was the first song, Don't Give Up On Us, it was. Yeah, I think in the UK he had like three massive hits. Oh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful, yeah. And the B-side to this, I think I've said this before, was called Black Bean Soup. I can remember Black Bean <laughs> Soup. Um, and that, yeah, there was this one, there was Going In With My Eyes Open and Silver Lady. It was like his three big hits in the UK. Um, and I, I just, I mean, I, I, was a, I was a Starsky fan, but David Soul and his sing, I just, I, what would have been? I would have been, what was this, 1976? I would have been seven years old. So, but it was my first single I ever bought, and I will never forget this. And the thing is, it's like it's one of those songs that you you couldn't do at a gig because it's 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 a passion killer. But I would love to sing this. I'm going to have a go at singing this one one day, and just maybe just put it up as a video or something, just as a way of being able to sing it. You know, because there's no chance of singing it in a gig because it's not going to go down very well, Mm. and nobody probably know what it is anyway. But when when you sing it, Pav, do me a favor, put a really big thick cardi on and a blonde wig <laughs> shall I <laughs> honestly maybe come on the stage by jumping on a car bonnet maybe that's yeah, what I should do yeah. right on my ass so do you think that he was uh, in Starsky and Hutch before he released that yes I think yeah this this was like at the height of the height of Starsky and Hutch yeah um, a lot of the American TV shows, you know, they capitalized on it by, you know, Bobby Sherman was in Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. The next thing you know, he has a singles and the Partridge family and that kind of stuff, you know, great, mm. even the Brady Bunch. Yeah, yeah. Went out. And so, but I always wondered, you know, their career as a musician wasn't always as successful. No. But that particular song, I, I recognize that song. It has longevity. So yeah, I, d- I mean, I don't know whether he was a, a massive singing star in the US, but I mean, in the UK for those couple of years, he was, you know, I think he definitely had one number one, but maybe a, a, a number one and a couple of number two and threes or something. So he had like some some really, really big hits. Yeah. Yeah, well, but I don't, obviously he didn't, maybe he didn't, didn't uh, over in the US, but... Uh, I always find it strange that he never really went into the world of movies, though, did he? I mean, he's done movies, but I thought he would have been a perfect choice back then as a movie star. Yeah. You know, back in the day, I mean, it's not so much the same anymore, but it was the kiss of death for, um, you know, actors if they did TV versus Mm. film. Mm. And there wasn't huge crossover. There is now. Now it's all, you know, just one media. But, um, yeah, that was kind of... um, Back then, you're either a TV star or you were a movie star, but I'm not sure you were always both. Very no. rare. I think George Clooney was probably the one that broke the broke the mold for that, wasn't he? He became well, like a Eastwood big movie. Did, of course. Well, Clint Eastwood did, I suppose. Yeah, but he was but, the he was the exception opposed to the rule. I would yeah. have thought. Mm. Yeah. 
I'm sure we could research it, come up with others, but I, I know it was sure we could. No, absolutely. And it makes perfect sense. Write that but, down yeah. for another podcast. There you go. I'll, I'll make a note of that one. Yeah. Okay. Crossover movie stars. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's your next one you're going to be doing with us then, Lisa. All right. So so start uh, start researching on that one. All right. Um, right then, your number seven then, please, Lisa. Okay. So we're going to 1973. Uh, this is the Allman Brothers Band, Rambling Man. Okay. You know that song? I'll tell you what, I've heard I've heard of it, but we'll, let's... Rambling Man. <laughs> I'm got... trouble and doing the best I can. I don't know the words though. <laughs> Here we Lord, go. Lord, I was born a rambling man. Oh yeah, I do know it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, there you go. It's a good song, isn't it? God, I've forgotten about that. So, what other songs did the Allman Brothers do? Because I've heard that name before, and I feel like that's the band that like had a couple of like really massive hits. Or am I thinking of another band? No, I, they were a really big band, late 60s, early 70s, for sure. Um, and, of course, I don't know any of the other songs offhand. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Let me I'm have a still trying to remember the song by Fleetwood Mac where she climbs up the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> um, Midnight Rider. That's one that sounds yeah. familiar. Midnight Rider. Yep. Yeah, they have quite a catalog of music, um, you know, that, that span the years so we're together. I think the lead singer was Dwayne Allman, maybe. Uh, but I think he passed uh, young. I yeah, didn't wasn't there something to do with the plane crash with the Allman brothers? I, I can't remember. I don't know. I feel like I should. I, I mean, may need to Google it. So it's uh, <laughs> have a Google's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know a lot about them, so I can't interject here. I just recognise that song when it was played. You know, um, well, I'm not going to say what I'm thinking in my head because if I'm wrong, we're going to get strongly worded letters. <laughs> so I will just hold off <laughs> so that yeah. we don't get any strongly worded letters and uh, let let you Google. Mm. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, group leader Dwayne Ullman was killed in a motorcycle accident um, in 1971. Christ. So there you go. So yeah, there was there was tragedy in, in the band there, but... But no, great song, great song. There's another one to have a, little, a proper listen to a little bit later on. Uh, go on then, Neil, your number seven, please. So like Lisa, I've picked a Fleetwood Mac song. Um, I went through all the rumours, couldn't choose, and then I thought, well, let's go back to my playlist, see which one I played the most, and it's Tusk. Oh. I absolutely love this song. Oh, great love tune. Tusk. Great yeah. tune. And again, I had the pleasure of seeing them live, and when that came on, it actually genuinely gave me goosebumps when they did this one live. I think it's absolutely phenomenal song. Um, listening to the interviews, they don't remember a lot about recording it. And if you see the video, you can sort of see when they're in the um, with the cheerleaders and the majorettes or whatever they're with, dancing around, and Steve is twirling a baton. They really don't look on this planet, do they? <laughs> no, that was the USC uh, Trojan marching band. Oh, was it? Oh, right, there yeah, you go. So that, you know, which has quite the reputation here. And uh, as a matter of fact, when they're out performing anywhere, that's one of the first songs they play is Tusk. Right. Yeah. No, it's just a great song. It just builds and builds. And I don't know, I love it. Absolutely love it. It's batshit crazy though, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, it's batshit crazy song, yeah. Yeah, but what's wrong with that? 
nothing wrong with that. It's a great, yeah. great tune. And like you say, you watch it live, and they have like the the whole marching band there playing as well when they're doing it. It's fantastic. It is. It is phenomenal when you see it live. And like I say, it really gives you the goosebumps. And it's just that slow build, isn't it? It's a real slow and keeps getting going up and up and up. And like we t- we said, Lindsay Buckingham, what an absolute legend and genius. Really. Yeah. yeah. An absolute genius. But was that album was actually, wasn't that panned when it came out, that album? Very. It was very, very experimental. Yeah. It was them, well, moving away from rumours, really, I suppose, wasn't it? You know, trying to do something different. Yeah. Not altogether well, successful on everything on the album. And not 100% positive, but then or around then, isn't it, when Stevie Nicks kind of branched out a little bit more on her solo career? Yeah, and didn't um, Stevie Nicks and Lindsay Buckingham do a solo album together and they yes. did all of that sort of stuff before they yeah. fell out and then fell back in love and... If only somebody would do a docu-series on those people, that would be fascinating, <laughs> wouldn't it? <laughs> I mean, that is a biopic that's waiting to be... Oh, isn't it just? ...made, isn't it? Yeah. I was going to say you could call it Tusk, but Kevin Smith's already done a movie called Tusk. Yeah. You don't want those to get those to get um, mixed up, do you? Yeah, no. yeah, don't... No, those two are not the same. They're, they're, not, they're definitely not, not quite. Not quite. And uh, did you see the news uh, that uh, Kevin Smith's going to work on a sequel to Tusk? Is How can really? you have a sequel? A sequel where the Justin Long character that became, well, spoilers if you've never seen Tusk, yeah. that became the walrus is going to become like the Michael Parks character and get somebody else and can become like the baddie, apparently. How did he's, he, what, so he'd still be the walrus? I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know whether it's, I, I don't know. I honestly don't know. But that is the rumour. Smith, move away from that idea. Well, you know. <laughs> He's made worse as well as making better. So I think yeah. that was one of the things he was saying that he wanted to do. You know, he's getting a bit of credibility back with Clerks 3, isn't he? You would hope so. You would hope yeah. so. Um, okay, my number seven. This is someone that's on tour at the moment, uh, on his final tour, I believe. Um, that's what they so- all say. It, hey? That's what they all say. Oh, that, that is what they all say, but apparently this is, this is true. Um, I could have chosen so many different Elton John songs. Um, but this is actually my favourite Elton John song. It's Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. It's um, a great song. I was looking at, just looking at his output of the 70s, the songs that he did. And you, I think Elton John is definitely one of those ones that you take for granted. You see, and I've got no disrespect in how he is today, but he's obviously not the singer that he was back in the 70s or even the 80s. But his output of songs that are just, again, you take for granted how great his songs are. Mm. From the seventies all the way through to the eighties and nineties. Give Bernie a bit of credit. Oh, yeah, as well. Bernie. Yeah, no, Bernie as well. <laughs> but <laughs> but the actual, you know, the songs that you're singing along to are because mm. of the melodies and the chords that he's putting together. But yeah, it's it's phenomenal when you look at the, the output of the songs that he had. You know, yeah. you could have chosen "Tiny Dancer," your song, "Candle in the Wind." I mean, there's just so many that roll off the tongue. "Burn Down the Mission." Just oh, you could go on and on and on. But I had to. I had to choose this one that for some reason this is the one that sounds as fresh now as it did the first time mm. I, I listened to it whenever well, Tiny it Dancer nearly made my top ten. That would have been an honourable mention. Yeah. I, I love that song as well, I think. Yeah. yeah. His I, best I musical. The, the thing about Elton John, you know, is he maintains his relevancy. I mean, we're looking right now at him just releasing that song with uh, Tiny Dancer with Britney Spears. Just yeah. 
you know, and and then what did he do just not too long ago? Oh, with, that one with Dua Lipa, the yeah, uh, Cold Lipa, Cold yeah. Heart, which, yeah. which was awful. <laughs> do you know that song came on the radio when I drive for work, and I actually switched the radio channel over. I can't bear that. For, I love the song, but that version, it's just as honestly, but it's, th- it's three different songs. Yeah, but that, that oh, it's just, it's so dull. Honestly, you could put it in a ditch and it would float away. No. It's that dull. Well, but that's the way that you get the youngsters mm. to to pick up on certain songs. I, I did Kiss the Bride at a gig a, oh, a couple of months ago. And someone came up to me and said, is that the song that's in the Dua Lipa song? I said, there's a line in it that sounds familiar. I said, yeah, it's, there's just one line. In in that Dua Lipa song that's from Kiss the Bride, mm. oh, I never realised it was from that song, and so they'll probably go back and, and listen to the original version of oh, Kiss oh, the Bride. Absolutely, and a, and a whole new audience of Britney Spears. I mean, Madonna does it all the time, and they all do it, don't they? Yeah, and it's it, it's it, the way of keeping relevant. Of course, it yeah. is absolutely. Uh, <clears throat> oh dear, <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> oh god, that's a good uh, good edit there. Uh, number six, then, please, Lisa. <laughs> Okay, so um, I picked for number six, coming in from 1976, Boss Gag's Lido Shuffle. Wow, okay then. So I know this one, Lisa. I've got no idea about these. Here we go then. Three for the show, Lido, and let's go. (laughs) Is this the one? Oh, I do know that song. There you go. I had no idea. Well, there you go. Yeah. Um, he he was originally a bandmate of Steve Miller. Mm. Uh, from Steve oh, Miller. right. Yeah. And he actually had quite a scene in England uh, in the 60s. He was uh, performing in London and in Sweden in the 60s. Um, and then, uh, but he probably was in seventh or eighth grade. And a friend walked up and said, you've got to hear this. This is Boss Gags. And, you know, then that's that was the soundtrack of my eighth grade. I just listened to that on repeat over and over and over again. So. It's one of those names that I've heard. Oh, yeah, I recognize this. Of course you do. All yeah. right. There you go. I had to get to the chorus. That, I had to, the needle had to drop on the chorus there for me to. But I've heard that name so many times. Well, I know this song, so I may well know more of his songs if I listen to them. It's one of those kind of people. Mm. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, that's a name that I've heard so many times, but never thought, thought well, I don't know any of his stuff. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have a clue. Yeah. Uh, he's still performing occasionally. Um, he had a winery in Southern California for a while, but he comes in and out of the music scene, so we still see him. All right. Yeah, he's great. Wow, that's definitely someone to have a little bit of a... I was going to say, I've just written that all down to remind me to delve into. There you go, there you go. Go on then, Neil, you're number six. So we're back to punk again. It's going to be the Sex Pistols. It's going to be pretty vacant. I think it's one of the anthems of the 70s myself. Um, One album John Lydon did with the Sex Pistols, and probably, I am going to drop the I word, and probably one of the most iconic albums here you know never mind the bollocks is probably one of the most iconic albums from the 70s at least the cover is we we covered it on the uh album covers that we did we did i love the album i didn't go and see them live through fear of having my own head chopped off 
when you do see him. A friend of mine went and said he's never been so scared when they reformed and did the twenty the Jubilee tour twenty five years. He said that everybody when the, where they were, so there was twenty thousand whatever people, all started to Nazi salute oh, <laughs> when he was oh. in there. Yeah, he said it was scary. I mean, John Lydon was, as he does, was reprimanding them and telling them where to go, like he was when I saw him live. He has no qualms about telling the audience what he thinks of them, and he was that night. My friend said, but he said he was he was fearful that it was just had this feeling that everything was going to kick off. So alas, I didn't go. I didn't go and see him. I thought I'm not putting myself in that situation. But but then isn't great... that isn't that what you would expect from a Sex Pistols concert though? No, isn't that, not isn't that... not Nazis. Well, no, I mean... no, not no, but like that feeling of unease. <laughs> not not Nazis, no, but the feeling of unease and the feeling of not quite well, knowing I mean, what's going to happen. And I've seen John Lydon a couple of times. Isn't that I mean, what punk night. is all about? Yeah, but you, I don't feel it when I've been to the other gigs. So, and the people well, I've spoken to that went years ago didn't quite have it feeling like that. You know, in the seventies when they saw them originally. And you could choose to immerse yourself. You didn't have to be up at the front slamming with everybody. You could stand off on the fringe. I could have done. And- could yeah, but you I'm could just a- been behind them, goose stepping, and just you know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I, no, I'm, too fine. Much, I'm too much of a pussy. <laughs> no, in my luck, it would, be, it would it would be the photographer would come round and I would have been scratching You'd my nose the- and like just <laughs> waving, and it would look like I was doing a full on Hitler or something. And, and then you'd, you'd have been the, 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 the poster boy of it all, wouldn't yeah, you? There's, there's the ringleader. Yeah, there's the man. Oh, He's leave me alone. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I love this song. I, I love Anarchy in the UK, God Save the Queen. Um, Pretty Vacant is probably my favourite. And I love the way he says vacant in the song. It's still, it's not right, is it? It's, it's not it's right fun. the way he says it, indeed. <laughs> no, but indeed. it's fun, isn't it? It is. Well, yeah. <laughs> you'll be able to see what Neil means on the video playlist for our Patreon. Is I'll put the video in and you'll be able to see what Neil means and how he says vacant. Uh, mm. okay. You're just bursting to say it, Neil, aren't you? You're just bursting no, to explain. I'm not you. dropping any of those uh, <laughs> naughty words. That's not with right. A, we have a, a lady, lady present yeah, here. We have a, a lady, lady present who's a guest. <laughs> Lisa's <Yeah>. looking right. <laughs> no, not that. Well, way. I'll tell you what. I don't think there's any other podcast that one minute talks about the Sex Pistols <laughs> and then the next minute talks about Annie's song by John Denver <laughs> because I think we have gone from one end of the spectrum completely to the other, to the really? other. and um, I don't for the, the songs that made you cry, make you cry I don't think I had this one in my top ten didn't, no. and I can't understand why because it I think this, your mind. this is one of the the most beautiful songs ever written and uh, oh. I think this I mean I don't know whether John Denver is classed as somebody that is underrated. I mean, I don't hear about him, obviously, a lot in the UK. I can imagine, is he a bit of a legend in the United States? I, I want to say, unfortunately, no. Right. As you know, he he passed quite a while ago. And, and his music really isn't present today. People, I mean, I sang Annie's song to Spencer as a baby. That's what his lullaby was every night when he went to bed. I mean, it's definitely rooted in my heart. But outside of that, I don't think young people today have had much exposure to him at all. Right. And it's a shame because uh, Country Boy, um, what's the other song about that state? <laughs> <laughs> oh, West Virginia. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, country roads, leaving on a yeah. jet plane. Yep, um, I'm a country boy. Um, I saw him perform once. We used to have a local amphitheater here, which was great. Um, and I happened to go. He was by himself, solo on the stage with a guitar and water. Right. For three hours. Yeah. Him. And it was mm. it was stunning. It was absolutely stunning. He's got such a beautiful voice as well. Yeah. Beautiful voice. Yeah, it was mesmerizing to watch him perform. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, it's unfortunate. I don't think a lot of young people today would know who he was. Really? Yeah, which is, yes. He became a bit of a caricature of himself, though, didn't he, for a while? It's, do you know what I mean? He became a bit of a... A parody, you know, people sort of took the piss. I can sort of remember him. I can remember him on the Muppets as well, wasn't he? On an episode Mm. of the Muppets and stuff, and it was just—he always reminded me of the Milky Bar Kid a little bit. He had that Milky Bar Kid look look to him, but very um, unassuming sort of guy. But I'd love to see John Lydon sing that Annie song, and he's pretty (laughs) bacon. I would love to see it. I would love to see it. I mean, he, he, I was I was going to say something nasty, which means something different in America as well, but he could have called it Fanny's song, couldn't he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is something completely different in England than it is in America. I'll, get, I'll, I'll uh, go for that. Anyway, let's move along. Let's move along. Lisa, you're number five, please. Okay, we're, we're number five, right? Yes, number five. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash acast. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Okay. So number five is uh, from 1979, Super Tramp Breakfast in America. Oh, great tune. Great tune. Uh, Breakfast. This was... Uh, probably, I, I'm not going to say an anthem, uh, but it would have been in, you know, 
in my last year of high school at the all-girls school. <laughs> and, you know, it was Super Tramp playing nonstop Super Tramp. I think we were listening to Cheap Trick at the same time. Okay. And, um, you know, I, I can't remember who, Knack. Knack was big at the time, so we were listening to these three. But this one still to this day is on all my playlists. Mm. Uh, it, this was one of the songs when me and my brother went to we went to LA back in 1990 for my 21st birthday and his 18th back in the day there was a thing where you could make your own CD in a shop and I think it cost about $30 to have like seven or eight songs on the CD so I looked at the lists trying to find songs about America so I had I Love LA by Randy Newman on there <laughs> Breakfast in America I had on there. For some reason, I had You Win Again by the Bee Gees on there. I don't know why. That's nothing to do with America. I've no idea why I did that. But that's what always... This always reminds me of going to LA back in 1990. Just because I had it on that CD. But it's a great tune. That and what was the other other big one? The Logical Song. The Logical Song. Um, And, and, um, you know, I guess... Give a Little uh, Bit as well was the other one. I didn't realise that they started in the UK. Well, I didn't realize. Realize. There you go, Lisa. You've just told us. Of I didn't realize yeah, that either. They are, they are a UK band, and they moved to the United States. Uh, I think 1970-ish. Oh wow! And um, so that was something new that I had learned. I didn't realize that either, and I thought, well, gosh, if they were um, in the UK, then you guys would certainly know who they were. But <laughs> I yeah, know. I mean, we, I know where they I know I, the band. I, I know the band. Realize, yeah. No, yeah. there you go. Our US super tramp correspondent there, Lisa, giving us the lowdown on, yeah. on the facts. Thank you very much for that. Okay, Neil, you're number five then, please. So it's Dream On, Aerosmith's classic. Yeah. <laughs> Which I absolutely, I think it's their best song. And it was done in 1973, this song. And it still holds up today. Um, I don't think it sounds dated myself. I think it's a a cracking song, cracking vocals, cracking music, and it's just a superb song. Are you a fan of this one, Pav? I am, yes. Now, isn't this the one that Eminem used? Is it Eminem used it? Isn't it, was it used? Isn't it used for another song? I don't know. Possibly, probably. Shows my ignorance in that field. I don't know. I I feel like I'm right on that, but... uh... Didn't he use uh, Martika's Toy Soldiers or something? <laughs> You're confusing me now, Neil. <laughs> That's the only one I remember him using uh, Eminem. I'm just lost. Yeah, I just yeah. lost as well. But I do, I do recognise a song, yeah. Yeah, I was. I purposely went to a, a big festival in this country in 2017 just to see Aerosmith because I'd never had the pleasure. And when they do this song, it, it's Fabulous, fantastic. I highly recommend watching it live. Um, Steve Perry comes out. Um, no, not Steve Perry. Joe Perry comes out and plays the guitar <laughs> on Steve Perry's journey, isn't it? <laughs> um, comes out on the piano, gets up and does the solo while Steve Tyler's playing it and singing it. Oh, it's just phenomenal. Phenomenal. And what a great song. Just, yeah, their best song. I don't think they've topped it yet. Yeah. Fair enough. I didn't realise quite how, how the la- the first I ever know- knew about them was with Run D- DMC. Well, yeah, which a lot of people have. And the yeah. video, I remember seeing it thinking, why is that guy trying to pretend to be Mick Jagger? That was the thing I was looking <laughs> at, because he's like got the lips. And I thought, 
why is he doing that? I didn't realise that, like, even then, so what was that, 86, was 87, something, yeah, something like that? So they'd obviously been going on probably 10 years before that then. Yeah, right? yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I've got one of their old... It's talk- crazy! That's a your Aerosmith song. I've got a 73 tour T-shirt. It's a reprinted one, but where they played Liverpool pub. Aerosmith really? live in Liverpool, yeah. Which... Bizarre. There we are. There, you go. Nice there we are. There we go. Okay. Uh, my number five is a song that's got like three or four different bits in it. Um, it's done by one of the Beatles. Uh, so I had to have a beat something Beatles in there. Um, and I could have picked it again, a majority of different songs, but uh, Band on the Run oh. by Paul McCartney and Wings. Um, from the album of the same name. It's an amazing album. It's one of those albums I love. But this is this is one of those songs that I think, how do you write something like this? Because there's so many different bits to it. And it's just a perfect song because mm-hmm. it has so many different bits. I mean, I don't know whether the lyrics mean anything. It doesn't really matter because everything just seems to have worked all together at the right time. Um, and each individual bit of the song is great in itself, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. But as a song together, perfect. And it's Paul McCartney at the top of his game. Do you not think it reminds you a little bit, not in the, the music, but he would have had his, his grounding or his his teachings when he was writing Golden Slumbers and the, the B-side of Abbey, yeah. um, Abbey Road. That's probably where, isn't it? Yeah, because it's not like he, he hadn't done that kind of thing before. No, no. but, this, but it, yeah. And it's almost like you can imagine he had two or three songs that he hadn't quite finished mm. and not really worked out what to do. So he thought, well, let's try just sticking them all together and see what happens. But he was a master at that kind of thing. He was. A master. Uh, a Beatles fan, Lisa? I am a Beatles fan. I, I really am. I, I will tell you this. My opinion is the songs are all too short. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. <laughs> you ever start listening to Beatles songs and you're like, oh, the song's over and now it's the next one. And so that that was something that probably bothered me, that the songs weren't long enough for me to you know really get into. But yeah, I love the Beatles. Yeah. So um, were you a, a Lennon fan or a McCartney fan or? Um... I'm probably more inclined to say McCartney than I am Lennon. I, I love John Lennon, of course, yeah. you know, his music. I I just think that I took it personal when he went off on his tangent with um, Yoko Ono. And, you know, that kind of uh, discouraged me a little bit. But, um, yeah, Paul McCartney, I, I love him. Mm. I mean, I don't like No Meat Mondays. That's not one of my favorite songs. <laughs> That's not, not one of his um, his better efforts, I must no. admit. Have you seen the Get Back documentary that's on Disney Plus? No. You have to, if you're a Ooh. Beatles fan, it is something you need. It's, I mean, I, I, I love the Beatles. I think they were my number one group when we did um, top 10 groups, but it's quite emotional because they've made it, it's, a, it's like a 4K transfer of them recording and practicing and it's like it was shot yesterday no pun intended with yet the word with yesterday but it's it's like how long is it neil eight hours altogether something, something like, that. like that. i think each episode's like three hours long and it is just fascinating yeah. seeing them and the whole thing about yoko ono broke up the beatles is a complete fallacy yeah. it's a complete you can see that they are all just mates just having fun together having fallings out but it is fascinating to watch i recommend anybody that even just has a slight interest in the beatles or 60s music or just 60s fashion or just the 60s or just music or just music just the way the way that the guys you can tell that the guys have 
they've honed their craft. Do you know what I mean? One guy will just start playing. Like it's just beautiful seeing like the birth of Let It Be or the birth of Get Back. You'll mm. see Paul McCartney just playing on his bass, and and he'll he'll like something, and then it's it's almost like because you know what the song is going to be at the end of the uh, uh, you know fifty years on, right? And you you end, I, I was end up saying to the screen, going, "Keep going, Paul. You've nearly got it. You've just <laughs> got to get that line. You've just got to get." And he'll be going, "What can I put for this? What can I put for this?" And I know what it is, Paul. Just write it down. Oh my God, come on! You've nearly got it. And it's just fascinating. I would thoroughly recommend it for anybody to watch it. I just, I, I think I've watched it twice all the way through now. It's just fascinating, mm. absolutely fascinating. I, I'm uh. thinking I might enjoy watching it more with you. Uh, that's what we should do. We maybe we should just do oh, like yeah. a, a communal watch on Zoom, and we'll just like eight-hour podcast. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like fun. That's. I'll tell you what. Maybe when I when I do the um, twenty-four hour podathon in in January. When I need to get through my early hours of the morning, Lisa, I'll, we'll whack it up look, and we'll watch it for like eight hours and get me through midnight through to 8 a.m. UK time and we'll just watch it live. We'll just watch it live together. There you okay. go. Tell me, I'm, I'm putting it on my calendar right now. Put it on your calendar now. That's right. Yeah, get a Google alert for that one. Okay. Um, right then, Lisa, your number four then, please. So my number four is from 1979, Brass in Pocket by The Pretenders. Oh, great yeah. tune. So I I think really Chrissy Hind, in my opinion, is probably one of the most talented female artists ever. Um, and, you know, I mean, she's just, I mean, she's stunning. Just the lyrics are stunning. The way she performs them are stunning. I'm every little aspect of this song and all the songs that she sings, I just love. There's nothing that she's done that I didn't like. Mm. So, um, but I wanted to tell you, I looked up a little trivia on her. Nice. She also wanted to do some work in the UK. I don't know if you guys know this. And she couldn't get a work permit. And so she asked Johnny Rotten to marry her. So All right. that she'd be able to legally uh, work in the UK. And he said no. But Sid Vicious said yes. <laughs> so she and Sid Vicious went to the court to get married, and it was closed for a long holiday. And so it oh. never happened. But had it wow. happened, it would be a whole different story now. Wow. Isn't that cool? That yes. is very cool. Because she, did, went, she did, go on to, yeah, she did go on to marry Jim Kerr, didn't she, from Simple Minds? She did. Yes. yes. Well, obviously, a, lot, a few years after, but... Um, yeah, she yeah. she was one of the ladies I can remember watching. What year was this? Seventy nine, you said. Uh, Seventy nine, yes. Yeah, yeah, so I would have been I would have been ten. I can remember watching her on Top of the Pops and then finding out that she was American, and thought how glamorous she was because she was American. Yeah. You know, and it because well, because at that at that age it was like if you watched something on TV like the streets of San Francisco or Starsky and Hutch it was glamorous because wow that's America we're watching America on on the TV and it was like it was a different planet because you heard all about these amazing things about like Disneyland and and Hollywood and and whenever you saw well this is speaking personally if i ever saw a glimpse of 
America on the TV, you would always go, oh my God, look at that place. It's amazing, you know? <laughs> it's like it's a different world. And I still feel like that sometimes. When you, even when you get, get to go over there, you think, oh, this is America. Where I'm sure people in America are going, this goddamn country. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I happen to feel like I live in one of the best states, you know, and, and certainly... Californians are controversial if you go anywhere else in the United States, with the exception of, you know, West Coast and New York. Um, but, you know, it's just such a, an attitude here that's just so, it's great. It's like, you know, we've got all this nature and we've got all these people anxious to conserve and all these people anxious to be fit and all these things, you know, and it's just kind of got this just really, really at good energy, a great vibe. Yeah. So um, I get it. I get it. I'm I still love living in California. And, and my whole family has moved away. I'm the only one um living in Southern California still. So um, but I love it here. I, I don't think mm. I'm going anywhere else. But um one of the other things that I learned about the pretenders that I didn't know was that one of the founding members, band members, was Peter Frampton. Really? Well, there yes. you go. There's a fact for you. There's another fact. You're full of these amazing facts, Lisa. Neil, you're going to be closely out of a job here. Yeah? I'm telling you. I, I, I honorably hand over my cat <laughs> because that's an ace fact. That's fantastic. I mean, some people come here with their top 10 on written on a bit of paper, and that's it. Lisa there has got look at the reams oh, and reams of facts there. This is. I mean that's that's worth a ding on the bell. If anything is that's reams amazing. and reams, reams and reams, fantastic. That's what oh. happens when you give me thirty days to come up with a <laughs> list of ten things. Well, next time we're going to give you sixty days, and I'm expecting like a complete like documentary, yeah. <laughs> ready to play. A complete Good compendium, yeah. <laughs> fantastic. Uh, go on then, Neil. You're number four. So another Clash song is going to hit it. I'm going to go with the everyday popular single, London Calling. I think it's uh, it's a it's Clash at their best. It's I know it's a a well known song, and there's loads of others to choose from. But I don't think this is dated. This shows them in their prime. It shows them exactly what they did, and it's great to see their evolution into different songs that, and styles that they went through. And Joe Strummer, I think, was a great great frontman. Often, and like I said before, the Clash seems to have been forgotten. Joe Strummer certainly is forgotten. He died in, what was it, 2002, young, by, mm. with a heart attack, wasn't it? I mean, <clears throat> I don't know why his career sort of nosed... Well, he might not have nosedived, but to me it did a little bit. He ended up being the front man for the Pogues for a little bit. And Good fact, Neil. Well yeah, done. there you go. I'm coming with another one. <laughs> but, uh, I He's fighting back, a, Lisa. He's yeah. fighting back. <laughs> I always thought it was a bit of a, um, a bit of a bizarre, a bit of a bizarre choice. But I, I think Joe Strummer is one of the was or was one of the coolest dudes that ever graced. I used to think that that guy was so cool. The way he played on stage, he was he was a great entertainer, and we we forget how much he, how good he was at what he did. Yeah. And wrote great songs. Yeah. So was he the actual songwriter of the Clash, or was it like a, a lot of the lyrics, collaboration? Or uh, there were collaborations. He wrote a lot. He came. He was. He was primarily the lyric writer, I believe. Oh right. Yeah. So, and he was instrumental on changing their sound, taking them to do you know different ways and places to play and things like that. So, yeah, I don't think they get the credit nowadays that they honestly deserve. Because they sort of picked up where the Sex Pistols left. I know they were around 
at the same time and everything, but they sort of picked up where the Sex Pistols left off and sort of changed punk a little bit, and made it more accessible to definitely. Else. Yeah, definitely. Sex Pistols were a hard act to follow, mm. and um, definitely clashed, kind of mainstreamed it in a little bit. They really yeah. did. Yeah, I think their songs were a lot more accessible than oh, Sex Pistols. By, easily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely, yeah. absolutely. But yeah, I would highly recommend the greatest hits. I think you might be. I'll, I will. Surprised. I will. I'll add it to the list, Neil. I'll add it. To the list. <laughs> I would come up with an amazing fact, but I've got absolutely nothing, so I can't. Um, <laughs> for your I, I, next, uh, for your number four, Pav, give us a fact. Well, my number four um, is somebody that has had a massive resurgence this year due to a particular TV series, um, and it's not that song uh but it's kate bush and wuthering heights oh yeah uh, this very very closely got some was going to be in my top 10 of songs that make me cry i love kate bush mm. and i think not just musically but i think she's absolutely gorgeous i'm with her on that one as well pal and there's and there's some people that say she's very scary because she always has her eyes like wide open and stuff like that but you see her in that is it the babushka video where she's got yeah. like this warrior outfit on goodness me i mean you can nearly see everything i mean you can nearly see everything it's crazy <laughs> it's like nearly all hanging out in that in that costume uh so i've heard not that i've watched the video myself i would pretend that i've never seen it uh but this song has got one of the, one of the most beautiful choruses and for some reason it's the bass that just gets me it's got a beautiful bass line and then also the guitar solo at the end as it goes on but it's a beautiful song it had to be in my top 10 it, it probably should be a little bit higher but then with the, the songs that i've got above it um it just made it, it number four next week it could change it but could K change absolutely but kate bush had probably one of the most unique female voices ever yeah yeah and i don't think it's ever been replicated as songs they were a bit marmite weren't they some people yeah. really don't like it and some people love it i I'm in the camp of loving it. And also, forgetting how talented she really was, that the man with the child in his eyes, she wrote when she was 14. Mm. People don't forget all of this. And that's yeah. such a beautiful song. And I do feel that she is almost like a, she is the female Peter Gabriel. I think that's why mm. they both work so well when they work together. Yeah. I think it was Dave Gilmore, wasn't it, from Pink Floyd that discovered Kate Bush? Yeah, that's right. Mm. That's right. But yeah, it's beautiful. But, so much recognition because of Stranger Things, right? Exactly. She? Yeah, the running up that hill. Yeah. Have you seen well, Stranger Things, Lisa? I've watched the first season. I haven't ever started the rest. Right. Okay. Uh, right. I Again, still have to watch the new I'm, ones. Have you not? I would recommend. And admit that I uh, haven't watched Game of Thrones either. And I just started it last week. Really? And, uh, I'm in season four, episode nine. I'm, I'm like four <laughs> hours a day of the Game of Thrones. It's killing me. <laughs> is that, so what is this? Is it six seasons, I think? Is it six what? seasons of Game, Game of Thrones? Thrones. Wasn't it was an eight. Was it eight? Oh, so, no. Well, <laughs> you, uh, you, we, we need to have a conversation when you finish the final episodes, Lisa. That's yeah. all I want. I, I want to know what your feelings are on the final episodes. I won't yeah. say anything. I'll just well, be interested. The I'm going, it'll be tomorrow. So okay. <laughs> <laughs> it probably will. Uh, right. Okay. So, Lisa, you're number three then, please. Okay. So, number three from 1970, Yusuf Islam, better known here as Cat Stevens, Peace Train. Oh, okay. So, um, this one, possibly. Yeah, I, I'm sure you'll recognize it. I uh, high school uh, again, all girls school. 
I'll just ring the bell for that again. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I was just listening to the song. I know. I, I was it. giving you a minute to hear it, Neil. Oh yeah, I do recognize okay. it now. Yes. So I uh, had uh, we had a retreat where I got to go away with some boys. You know. And oh yeah. Out. I know. I hadn't seen, <laughs> really seen much of boys except for the priests, and you don't want to know what that was about. But, <laughs> so um, there's this guy was reading the Velveteen Rabbit, and in the background he was playing this song, Peach Peach Train, and so. Instantly, I fell in love with him. I was sure that I was going to marry him and have all his babies, right? Even went so far as to ask him to a dance, which he politely declined. Um, so, so hang on a minute. Is, is that all it took? The Velveteen Rabbit and a Cat Stevens song. That was it. That was it, was it? It would still work today. <laughs> <laughs> how desperate I am. Let me get on eBay quick and see yeah. how much the Velveteen Rabbit... <laughs> So flash forward, so that was probably 78, 77, 78. Flash forward about 15, 20 years, I'm in a bar and I hear his name. I hear someone say, hey, Mike Capo, how are you? And I immediately alerted, you know, and I looked over. Well, time had not been good to him. (laughs) (laughs) And I looked and I thought, oh, wow, I dodged that bullet, right? (laughs) I walked over to him and I said, hi, I'm not sure if you remember me. We went to uh, this retreat together. He went to an all boys school. And I said, I asked you to a dance. And he looked at me and he goes, and I said, no, why would I ever do that? And I said, I don't know. And I walked away. <laughs> <laughs> Smooth talk about good. Things. That's the way to do it. That's the way to do it. And you just dropped a copy of the Velveteen Rabbit on the table as you walked away, <laughs> didn't you? <laughs> but you know, Cat Stevens is, um, he's the 70s for me. Mm. You know, I definitely. And again, we went through all this, you know, punk and, uh, you know, uh, new wave. You know, I love 80s music, Um, but he just really, you know, uh, T for the Tillman, that whole album from beginning to end. uh Uh-oh. Yeah. Oh, hello. (laughs) Hey, hi, Spencer. That's Neil and and Pavo. Hi, Hi, how you doing? (laughs) And Spencer, um, I told them the story about Fleetwood Mac. Oh, yes. (laughs) <laughs> well done. Congratulations on that one. You'll have awesome. to send us the details of the laminate so we can see if we can get into concerts like that. That'll be fantastic. <laughs> um, but yeah, Cat Stevens just, you know, he's just, to me, astonishing. I mean, right. he's, I don't know that he's timeless because I wouldn't say that anybody nowadays really knows all the Cat Stevens songs, but for me, yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's he, I, there's a, a lot of his such stuff that I like, but again, it's yeah. all the, the the hits that everybody knows. But um, that's right. That's a great and, one. And then one more thing about him is he um, actually recorded with Engelbert Humperdinck, and who I'm going to see October eighth. Really? <laughs> oh, score! <laughs> I'm taking Spencer with me, and we're going to go see Engelbert Humperdinck. Hopefully, he's still alive. He's he he just released a new single on Friday. There you so, go. There you go. He's touring in Asia right now, but yeah, he's. Mm. Well, that's okay. Spencer will get you in the press pit, so you'll be fine. You'll be meeting him at the end right. afterwards, I'm sure. It'll be good. I'll make it'll it. Be all, yeah, well, perfect. Uh, go, go on, then, Neil. You're number three. 
Psycho Killer. Oh, yeah, Talking Heads. What a track. What a tune. I love Jack Black when he was miming over this. Really made me laugh. Um, I I love the Talking Heads. Uh, I love the movie. Stop Making Sense. I could watch that any time. Jonathan Demi, bless him. But yeah, this song, uh, I just think it's a great, great pop song. Is it a pop song? I suppose it is, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Yeah, I think it's just, I just think it's one of those perfect ditties. (laughs) (laughs) How can you have a song called Soko Killer and call it a ditty, Neil? Well, you know what I mean? The the tune and and that, I just think it's a great, great song. It's catchy as hell, like a lot of Talking Heads songs. And again, people don't seem to realise how many hits they actually had, Talking Heads. Oh, yeah. You, You know, when you go into it. But yeah, David Byrne, what a... He was a very unique and charismatic. Uh, front I think man, he still isn't he? is, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Is it? Well, he's not a front. Well, he's on his own, isn't he? Isn't yeah, he's on his on own now. Yeah. 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 But yes, a band I would have loved to have seen live. Absolutely yeah. loved to have seen live. Are they the uh, sort of band that just wouldn't get back together now? Are they, are no, they... I don't think so. By, oh, right. by the sounds, of it. I don't know a lot about it. But when you sort of look into it, I don't think they're all on speaking terms and that. Oh, sort right. Of thing, so. Yeah. yeah, great, great song. Uh, I don't know really what else to say about it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, Talking Heads, just saying that alone. I mean, that was a phenomenal band. Mm. And um, I did see them live at, at a very small venue in oh. Southern California at a college uh, in the gym kind of thing. You know, they used to have a lot of really great bands, but they were, you know, again, the word mesmerizing comes to mind. I just remember them being on stage and you just couldn't take your eyes off of them. Mm. So unique. Really I think you class them as unique. Unique, a great a, way to put it. There yeah. isn't another band like the talking. No, talk, they're talking no. heads or just talking. Just heads? talking heads. Just yeah. talking heads. Just talking heads. <laughs> Not Alan uh, Bennett's talking heads. No, no, no. no. Uh, my number three. You can't have a seventies countdown without having a song from the Eagles. You have to have a song from the Eagles. It's the law. So again, I could have chosen I could have chosen any of the songs. This was the are you looking at funny and looking at me in a funny way, Neil, are you? Well you said that you have to and I suddenly thought, shit. Well you do I mean sorry, I didn't give you the memo, but like there are so many this is this was like what I was brought up on every Sunday was the the Eagles. So I've chosen Take It to the Limit. That's my favourite um Eagle song. Um, but you could have had, I mean, well, I'm not going to list every single one because they are just a, a, a staple of seven. I mean, were they the biggest band of the seventies? Do you think maybe they had to be up there? They had they to were be. one of them. Of course. They yeah. Were. Yeah. Without but, um, again, their hit rate of amazing songs in the seventies is, is mm. just phenomenal. Um, I've always wanted to go and see them live, but I don't think it's the same to see them now without Glenn Fry. It's just not the same. Um, their harmonies is something that is just, say, mesmerizing. I've listened to their harmonies so many times. I can't remember the name of the song that they warm up to when they're in the the, the changing rooms and you know before a, before a gig. But it's you go on. I'll put it on the video playlist. It is fantastic. You hear these five guys or four guys doing these four part harmonies. Oh, it's just. You can't put into words just how beautiful it is when you hear mm. perfect harmonies sung by people that know exactly what they're doing. You know, they are absolutely fine-tuned to the minuscule note, you know. 
Masters of their Absolute masters. Absolute masters. So you had to have some eagles in there. I had to. Um, Well, you said it was the law. Um, You forgot to let Neil and I know that it's the law. Sorry. (laughs) It's the law in my little world. We won't accept a fine. No, no. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, yeah, that's my number three. Uh, Go on then, Lisa. Your number two, please. Wow. We're at number two. We're at number two. We haven't run into any of the same songs. No. Not at all. Weird, yeah. Uh, So number two. Uh, I couldn't. I couldn't do this list without putting the Bee Gees on there. So 1978's "Too Much Heaven." Um, I I picked that song just because I love the harmony in it, the vocals in it. It's just you know, if you're sitting there listening just to the vocals, it's just. Uh, I'm not going to say stimulating because that sounds sexual, <laughs> but it's what it is. Um, and so. The thing that I learned about that too, but Pab, you'd probably know better, is that they said it was like 27 layers of vocals. That wouldn't surprise me with the Bee Gees. They mm-hmm. have, again, they're, they're like the Eagles. The way that they work their harmonies out is just, it's just different level. I don't know whether mm-hmm. there's anybody around that does that kind of thing now. They were just, I mean, it helps, I suppose, that they're brothers because they've all got similar voices, but they're mm. double tracking it and triple tracking it and changing yeah. melody. It's just, they're another one. Um, and I masters. heard, I mean, uh, or maybe even Spencer told me that they're the only band ever to have top 10, Billboard top 10, UK top 10 charts in every decade since they started performing. And I said, well, how's that possible? But it's not just because of the songs that they performed, it's the songs they wrote as well. Absolutely. And, yeah. um, Absolutely. Have you seen that uh, documentary on them? Yes, I have, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's fascinating, but it's heartbreaking at the same time as well. Yeah. Heartbreaking. Yeah. Uh, they got a bum rap. Yeah. You know, and um, I mean, if people go back, God, my aunt was listening to that Saturday night fever album you know non-stop and you know and then uh andy give you know she comes out with shadow dancing and things like that which evidently were written by his brothers but god it just was the talent was endless Mm -hmm. yeah i mean the the stuff they stuff they wrote for barbara streisand they wrote for dion warwick that they wrote Mm for um who else oh diana ross it's it's incredible absolutely incredible talking to saturday night fever Last week's episode, Neil, it's one tin of paint, not two tins of paint. Oh, is there only one? Is I it? had a oh, look. Sorry. I had to have a look at John Travolta walking down the street and thinking that he can't be walking around with cans of paint and it's one can of paint in his hand, not two. But he is walking with paint. But though. he is walking with paint. I will give you that. <laughs> I couldn't believe that. But anyway. Al Pacino! <laughs> uh, go on then, Neil, you're number two. So I had to put the birth of heavy metal in here. Black Sabbath's Paranoid. Oh. Um, 1970, it just crept into the decade. Um, I've actually got the original single still, not that I bought, I was given it, and I've treasured it ever since um, with all the original artwork on. It, to me, is the start. I love Black Sabbath. I was lucky enough to go and watch the end, the final Black Sabbath gig in Birmingham, UK. It cost me an arm and a leg to go, but I was glad I went to see them all perform together for the very last yeah, time. you didn't take Spencer, see? That's why. You could have well, yeah, if only I'd have known. <laughs> if only I'd have known. 
He knows um, people. He hmm. knows people, see? He does. Ozzy is one of those people that I don't know how he does it. The, the guy can barely speak, can barely walk. He's a shuffle uh, around. He just shuffles. But when he gets on stage, he becomes somebody totally different. And I think Ozzy's got a great voice. I really do. A mm. lot of people criticise him. He's not the best front man because he's into song dialogue has always consisted of let's go fucking crazy and everybody clap <laughs> and that's what he seems <laughs> to ever say but his songs speak for the rest of it the album's great you know the paranoid album fair is where boots i think maybe my all-time favorite track but it, paranoid i put in there because it was the start of something great i think personally they were the start of though you know that that music genre. Some people argue Led Zeppelin, but I think Led Zeppelin are a bit too soft for that genre. Oh, wow. Oh, I'm not a super, I'm not super drawn to heavy metal, um, mm. which you know, kind of think is funny. Cause you know, I, with punk, I mean, you certainly get some of that element, especially like Foo Fighters is my favorite band ever, mm. you know, but you're certainly getting that element in the Foo Fighters, but yeah, I wasn't very drawn to it when I was younger, but I can, I can appreciate it now. Yeah. More than back then yeah and obviously i'm i'm very fascinated with the movie project they've got coming up about ozzy's life and it's done by the guys that did rocket man oh really yeah so i think it's going to be fascinating but is it going to be a warts and all apparently Ozzy said no if you're going to do my life you need to show everything you can't just show yeah because have you watched the um what's the dirt the motley crew document uh documentary motley crew film I, I watched only half of that. I had never finished that, but... Right. Um, Did you see yeah, the Aussie bit on that? No. I okay. don't remember the Aussie bit. I, I might have. I just don't... It didn't... It's not resonating. Well, he ends up snorting ants, peeing in a pool. Apparently, that's 100% true. Aussie can't remember it, but... <laughs> Everybody said that really did happen. But, yeah, I think the guys... How he's still alive. I, well, I think he has... You have to think that it's his wife... You know, yeah. who for, keeps rebounding, keeps coming back to him, even though he's had affairs with all these different mm. people. But that's the only reason I think he's alive. You know, they had that series here. Yeah. Um, oh, the Osborne. The Osborne. Yeah, huge, the Osborne. Wasn't it? And you know what? I watched it and really liked it. I didn't. I'm not a fan of that kind of show because you know, I, again, people are mean to each other, like those Real Housewives and things yeah. like that. Just drive me crazy. I can't stand it. But. What I liked about the Osborns is they were kind to each other, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, but yeah, he was adult. So yeah. I'm like, she really, I mean, she, she has kept him around, but I mean, you know, he's mumbles and, yeah. and then you're right. He gets on the stage and he's a different persona. He's amazing. Yeah. It's phenomenal how he does it. But yeah, yes. that, that Osborne show was like the first of its kind. That was like pre Kardashians and everything. So I think it was like they didn't, whereas now it's like it, you have to have some kind of conflict in it, don't you? And that's what makes people watch. Mm. Whereas that didn't really have it. Although yeah, the kids were a little bit unruly and stuff, but it was mainly Ozzy just going, Sharon, like he loved people <laughs> yeah. where all this stuff was and just would yeah. be like scuffling from room to room. Yeah. 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 Oh, there you go. No, it's a good one. Uh, okay, my number two, again, 70s, you have to have ABBA. I forgot to tell you guys that it's the law, you have to have ABBA. I very nearly did, Pav. I very did you? nearly did. did you? Yeah. So this is the one, this is the song that reminds me of 1977, that reminds me of where I was in 1977, the smell of um, 
boot dubbing that I used to clean my football boots with. Uh, Name of the Game by ABBA is just one of my favourite, if if not the favourite song from ABBA. Um, there isn't anything I don't think I've said. I've said enough about ABBA, I think, over the podcast that we've done. Their songs are indestructible. I don't think there's anything that you can do. You can have Pierce Brosnan sing them and it doesn't ruin them. So he is, you know, it, it's just something about ABBA songs that actually you can't do anything to they're, they're fire resistant you know you can drop an atom bomb on them and they'll still be amazing songs um and, and what do you think of this new interest you know with this hologram show that you know people are just dying to go to it's it seems to be amazing the footage i've seen mainly it seems amazing but i still can't quite get over the fact that you're just watching a screen so I, I don't know. It might be different if I was there. Do you know if I was there and, yeah. and you're watching it live? I think it, I think it would probably be amazing because I'm a big ABBA fan. But watching it from a distance, watching videos on YouTube, you think, God, it's just me like watching it on TV. It just seems weird. But the live crowd, it, it's probably amazing. But one of my favorite movies is Muriel's Wedding. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, and I just love that. I mean, how how. Uh, uh, obvious or how relevant or prevalent there's a lot of ABBA in that movie exactly. <laughs> that's what I was trying to say yes yeah it's uh I and I think that that has longevity I think they have longevity as well mm, absolutely um, absolutely and I also think uh, see you saying that that should have been my in my top 10 movie soundtracks um Muriel's Wedding I love that tr- that that soundtrack it has some mm. great interpretations like um orchestrated versions of of ABBA songs on that I haven't seen that film for ages I need to watch that again because that was a great song I know, I know. Right after you're this. terrible Muriel I remember that, that girl <laughs> sat in the you're terrible Muriel yeah okay before we reveal our number ones uh, Lisa give us a countdown from number 10 to number 2 please with a little pause in between oh bless your heart Lisa <laughs> see Neil see you see I'm what just, I mean? Just too excited. You see what I mean? Just too excited. <laughs> thank you, Lisa. Yes, thank you. So my number 10 was Clash, Train in Vain. <laughs> my number nine was Fleetwood Mac, Go Your Own Way. My number eight was Carly Simon, You're So Vain. My number seven was the Allman Brothers Band, Ramblin' Man. Number six was Boss Skaggs, Lido Shuffle. Number five was Supertramp, Breakfast in America. Number four, Pretenders, Brass and Pocket. Number three, Cat Stevens, Peace Train. And number two, Bee Gees, Too Much Heaven. Perfectly done. 10 out of 10. And over to you, Neil. Let's have your 10 to 2. Now now I know how to do it. Here we go. (laughs) Number 10, California, Uber Alice. By the Dead Kennedys. <laughs> All right, you're taking the piss now. Come right, on, you're no, taking I'm the not. piss. Love Rain Over Me by The Who at number nine. Number eight, Blondie, Heart of Glass. Number seven, Tusk by Fleetwood Mac. Number six, Pretty Vacant by The Sex Pistols. Number five, Dream On, Aerosmith. Number four, <laughs> London Calling, The Clash. Number three, Psycho Killer, Talking Heads, and number two, Paranoid, Black Sabbath. 
Wonderful. And mine is 10 Sugar Baby Love the Rubettes, 9 Children of the Revolution (laughs) T-Rex. Number 8, Don't Give Up on Us, David Soul. 7, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, Elton John. Six Annie's song by John Den the John Denver. Why did I say the John Denver? <laughs> the John Denver. Five Band on the Run by Wings. Four Wuthering Heights. Kate Bush. Three Take It to the Limit. The Eagles. And number two, The Name of the Game by Abba. So Lisa, what is your number one song of the seventies? My number one song of the seventies is Holland Oats. Sarah Smiles. <sighs> Hall and Oates. We love, well, I love a Hall and Oates. I don't know whether Neil loves Hall and Oates. I don't Oates, mind but... a few of their tracks. I don't know loads. I'll be oh. honest. It's not something I've delved into. I must start. Sarah Smile, it was a uh, Daryl Hall. John Oates introduced Daryl Hall to a flight attendant that he'd met. And they hit it off and were together for 30 years. And this is the song he wrote for her. Right. Um, you know, they are still touring. Um, I have yet to see them live, but definitely high on my list. Um, Daryl had a, a series on TV called Daryl's House. Yes, they're on, on, on YouTube. Which was amazing. Yeah. Um, I, I've heard, you know, that he is sometimes not very agreeable, but I don't care. I The two of them... The two of them are sum up my 70s and my foray into the 80s. Yeah. Absolutely my favorite band uh, back then. Mm. I think I I obviously found out more about them during the 80s with Out of Touch and Private Eyes and Mm. all of those. uh, I can't go for that, no can do. But yeah, Daryl's House is fantastic. Some of the guests he has on there and the songs that they do are like... The the out of touch version they do with Katie Tunstall is is really good on the Glockenspiel or whatever they call it. But yeah, that's a, that's a great one. And then, again, one of the greatest voices in pop and rock and soul is Daryl yeah. Hall, without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, super talented, just yeah. astonishing. So definitely one of my favorite people. And a great head of hair as well. I mean, Daryl Hall, yeah. a great head of hair. The bastard. <laughs> I know. That's, um, that's a great one. <laughs> That is a great one. That is a great one for the uh, for the video playlist as well. So we'll we'll whack that one on there. Go on then, Neil. Your number one song of the seventies, young man. So I wouldn't be anywhere if I hadn't put this band in because I praise lyrical about them all the time. It's another brick in the wall, Pink Floyd, nineteen seventy nine. I'm a huge Pink Floyd fan. Um, part this was one the only or part sing- two. Uh, what well, is part two? Isn't it? Because I don't know. Is it? Well, yeah, I don't know. What was well, part one? They then? all lead into each other from the uh, album, but yeah, I think it's part two. Pretty sure it is. But um, <clears throat> it's the only single I ever bought of Pink Floyd's because I've always just loved the albums and never thought I'd bother. But this one I did buy back in the day when I was a little eight-year-old running around screaming at everyone. <laughs> and he said something else. Bizarre. Um, yeah, I, I I love Pink Floyd. I love this track. Um, I think Dave Gilmore is probably the greatest guitarist in the world. Uh, there you go, I'll throw it out there. I think the guy makes it look so easy. So easy. Um, yeah, and if... Well, then we will never see him live again, but I was lucky enough to see him two nights on the trot in 1988. And I still think to this day it's the best gig I've ever been to in my life. Ever. Wow. And that's saying some. You know, wow. I only have a handful of favourite bands. This is one of them. And 
I just I can't get out enough of Pink Floyd. Really, <laughs> I just wish they'd done more music, especially when it was the foursome with Roger Waters still in the band. I just wish they'd done a lot more. They had so much more to give, but obviously politics and falling out put an end to that. But and it was nice to see them do that live eight when they reformed. Um, and I still can't get over the path. Saw them live and was nonplussed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they, they were there. They were there to impress me, and I wasn't you particularly impressed. impressed. No, that's I fair enough. Impressed. No. I mean, what can I say? Absolutely. No, it's fine. Do you like that song though? Yeah, it's no. a great song. The video, the video was mad as well, wasn't it? Yeah. It the, well, it was from the movie, wasn't it? Um, the putting movie. all the kids in that like meat mincer. Yeah, and, that's it. Gerald Scarf was the animator. He did a lot of the uh, political um, cartoons, I think. Good fact there, Neil. Oh, he's, he's clawing it I can't back. remember which newspaper he wrote for, but there we are. Yeah, Gerald Scarf. His animations and drawings, have a look online, are superb. He used to do political figures in such an alarming, almost grotesque way, and that's how I see them all now. <laughs> all right. Are you, a, are you a Pink Floyd fan, Lisa? So... I don't want to hurt Neil, but anyway. <laughs> no, go on, him. hurt him, it's fine. And, and Neil's about ready to go have a moment to himself, the way he was talking about <laughs> yeah. And I encourage that, Neil. I'm not, I'm not saying anything mm. negative about it. Actually, I don't dislike them. And I know most of their songs, and you know, I've heard them. I, I don't dislike them. Um, it just was, I don't know if psychedelic's the right way for me to say that, to describe it when I was younger. And I just thought that they were a little bit out there, mm. maybe, maybe a little bit afraid of them. Right. That. right. And yeah. um, I, I have a friend currently in a band, a cover band called shine on. It's a huge band. There's like nine or 10 people in this band and they're, they're touring a little bit around here and in Reno and places. So I've gone several times and I've enjoyed the experience, but I still didn't walk away loving them. Right. Well, no. One man's medicine is another man's poison. This is right. <laughs> very good. Very wow. good. Wow. That was very, yeah. Very, yeah. very poetic there, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. That's quote of the day toilet paper that he's got there, Lisa. It has. You know, oh. yeah. <laughs> Tomorrow is don't forget to use two sheets. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now we've reached a point in the podcast. Yes. Now, now we're all getting punchy now, aren't we? That's what it yeah. is. Um, okay, so I'll take you, Dave Gilmore, as the greatest guitarist ever, and I'll raise you to God. Because uh, my number one is 1970, just crept in. Um, but I think you have to have Eric Clapton. Both slow hand guitarists. I mean, great, great song, great guitar. So obviously it's Derek and the Dominoes, officially. Mm. Um, I've seen Eric Clapton, I think, about four or five times live, all at the... Um, Royal Albert Hall. We saw him lives there, didn't he? <laughs> yes, yeah. And the way he builds this song up is fantastic because he doesn't, it's all sh- strings and keyboards. Then he turns his back to the audience and then it's the and everybody goes crazy. So Eric Clapton, to me, is the greatest guitarist ever. But obviously it's, you know, it's all subjective or whatever. But this is a fantastic song. Yeah. Great story song. Um, the fact then it's it's iconic Movie-wise as well, with Goodfellas and um, just a classic song. So it's my number one song of the 70s. So I don't know. I prefer the full version. 
yeah, so prefer, yeah with the with the piano at the, at the yeah, end. I'd yeah, I much prefer listening to the full version than the other. Yeah, Lisa, fam. Yeah, well, Eric Clapton. I mean, you know, you can practically play that seven games of Kevin Bacon with seven or seven mm. degrees to Kevin Bacon. You could do that with Eric Clapton. I mean, he's had his hands in so much that is mm. historic, right? Absolutely. I absolutely love him. Absolutely. Really good choice. I wish I had had that. He didn't even make my honorable mention list. Not now. It's a shame. Yeah. I feel like I could go back and do, redo this whole episode. Should we just have to do that? We'll do it all. We'll start it all again. I think that's a great idea. We'll um, I mean, the thing two, is, it, like, like I say, it's 1970, <laughs> so it did just it did just creep in. Mm. Um, so, talking of um, honorable mentions, uh, at and why not pod said in the street by Big Star. Rosalie are come out tonight and incident on 57th Street, both Bruce Springsteen. The show, uh, the show must go on by Leo Sayer. No Sugar Tonight, New Mother Nature by The Guess Who. Baba O'Reilly by The Who. I thought uh, that was the late 60s, that one. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah, and br- bring on the Lucy, Free to People by John Lennon. Uh, Karen Clark said Sugar Baby Love by, you know, she said the Sweet, but I think it, it was the Rubettes, not, not mm. Sweet, but. Thank you, Karen. Liz Art said, Bye Bye Baby by the Bay City Rollers. Oh, blimey. Kim oh, Penniston wow. said, Anything by Shawadi Wadi. Now, Lisa, do you know who Shawadi Wadi are? No, oh, I have no idea. No, no that's, that, is, that is a true British like Teddy Boy band. Shawadi Wadi. Wow. There you go. Shawadi Wadi. Shaka Khan, right? That's not no, it's not at all. I will put, I'll put a video of their, one of their songs in the video playlist so you can have a little look and see who they are. No disrespect um, to Kim, but it's not somebody I would say to Lisa, go and research their back catalogue because he <laughs> never talk to me again. No. Um, uh, Greg says, Rocket Man is what first came to mind and then Do You Think I'm Sexy brings back plenty of memories the 1970s. Uh, Dawn says, how about the greatest female anthem the greatest gay anthem and the greatest disco anthem all in one uh, who's going to sing it with me i will survive gloria gainer alma says 1976 elo's telephone line i always feel so sad hearing it heartbreak of someone not being over someone else and they keep trying to reach them to hear them again because they can't let go uh, it can be interpreted i know she's even got a little heartbroken emoji there as well it can be interpreted in many ways with different people a lost friend or relative i read somewhere that it was based on missing buddy holly i think but i hear so many stories uh elisa says so many but it's a tie between september by earth wind and fire uh or best of my love by the eagles uh, and maria says michael martin murphy and the rio grand band wildfire it was 1975. Little Maria was in the fifth grade and were belt wildfire out, wildfire out in front of the mirror with all the emotion in the world. Wow. So wow. there you go. So what other ones did you have in your um, honourable mentions then, Lisa? Well, Doobie Brothers. Okay. And, you know, I mean, funny story about the Doobie Brothers. We used to have this thing. It was Columbia Music where you pay, you know, 99 cents and you can pick out uh, six. Yeah. Cents. We had the same thing. Yeah. And, and then you'd get a card saying your next shipment's coming. And if you didn't mail the card back, they'd send you the next shipment. Yeah. And uh, I got the next shipment and it was Doobie Brothers. Right. And, and so I, there I am in eighth grade listening to the Doobie Brothers and they were great. Uh, I got Linda Ronstadt on there. Uh, Rod Stewart, Dire Straits. Dire Straits. Mm, yeah. yeah, yeah, Another yeah. Great guitarist, look. Another great guitarist. There you go. That's it. We've covered the 70s. We covered the 70s. Neil, 
before we say our goodbyes and our thank yous, do you want to tell everybody how they can get in touch and all that gubbins? Absolutely. So you can find us on all the social medias, whatever they may be nowadays, uh, at Top 10 Pods. Uh, email us at top10pods at hotmail.com with any questions or any suggestions for a top 10 that we may do. Come help support the podcast at patreon.com forward slash top 10 pods. All sorts of rewards where you could be a guest like Lisa here. <laughs> Check out all of our links via Linktree. You can find the link in the show notes. So please do come, subscribe, leave us a rating and review wherever you may get your podcast from. That's it. That's it, Lisa. Thank you. Thank you so much. How was that? Was that okay? Oh, my God. It was a freaking blast. Excellent. That's what we like. And you'll come back and do another one, yeah? I will. And I'm going to tell you that I was a little concerned that I went with your accents and all that I was going to miss but I didn't miss. You have another guest that comes on occasionally, and I have. I wish we had closed captioning because I have no idea what he's talking about. But <laughs> so, yeah. so I got your accents it worked out well. I'm so happy. I'm thrilled, and thanks for including me. This was a blast. Listen, we oh, all we can do is thank ours. you for supporting us and and being a member of our Patreon. It means so much to us, and the fact that you are just awesome anyway makes it so much better. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you again also to John, who's uh, our new Patreon guy that he's going to have to sort out his accent so that Lisa can work out what he's saying. So just if you're hearing this, John, just make sure you get that sorted. Um, and to everybody else uh, that is um, that supports us, thank you very, very much. Uh, thank you, Neil. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you, Pav. Been a joy today. Indeed, indeed. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you, Pop. Excellent. And thank you very much, everybody. And uh, uh, go and watch and go and listen. And let's start the countdown. Ten, Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 